throne of grace. We have the grace to hear your word. We thank you Lord that we are not locked out of your covenants of promise. But by the grace of God we are what we are. And we can hear what you are saying to us. So we thank you for the listening ear and the understanding heart. That you might deposit wisdom, revelation, and knowledge to us today through your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, today we're going to talk about the stagger knots. Stagger knots. <laughs> the stagger knots. So you can decide if you are a stagger knot or not. <laughs> so in Romans 4.20, of course, we're taking it from that familiar scripture where it talks about the faith of Abraham. And it was the type of faith that staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Talks also about strong faith that considers not certain things. So we're going to talk about how that faith is employed because my my feeling is that that level of faith is not attained by everybody who hears God's word. Faith must be tested. And it's through the testing and the trial that the believer is, uh, you know, is, his faith is proven. Many people don't like tests. Ever since we were kids in elementary school. You know, when you knew a test was coming, you got a headache or a stomach ache or something. Or you maybe had a little confidence and if you got a score less than what you thought you were supposed to get, you're mad at the teacher. And it was never fair. (laughs) Amen. So with that background in our thinking, we come into the realm of God's kingdom where our faith is tested in everyday living situations so there's much more on the line than just a grade because you know if you're a smart kid I don't mean intelligent but I mean crafty smart you can figure out how many C's you can get and still get a B plus average or whatever whatever so you know you know how to cheat (laughs) and so if you know how to cheat you look at a test as only a test you got me and not much meaning to it and not much on the line. But when we're talking about real life, there's a lot on the line. Uh, there's uh, life or death, blessing, cursing, all of those things are, are you know, dependent upon our passing the faith test. Our faith having the quality that pleases God. And so when we think about that, there's a lot on the line. But the nice thing about God is he is teaching us every day how to be people who stagger not. How to be the stagger knots and and how to have that strong faith and how to prove and not be afraid of the testing. In fact, we should run to the test, shouldn't we? Like David ran after Goliath, but I know that goes over like a, you know, lead balloon, so... But we can be those kinds of people. At least you can be the ones that don't mind it because you know you're going to come out on the end like pure gold. And you'll be able because you trust the God who has you in the test. That it is his faith that is your confidence and his ability that's really being tested. It's not anything to do with you too much except holding on and not letting go. And so it's that concept to hold on not let go. 
and strengthen your faith and strengthen your resolve to stagger not that will get you there so God will always speak the impossible to us because he means for us not to try and accomplish it with works of the flesh so as far as what you bring to the table to help you in this you bring nothing Hmm? You just bring your willingness, you know, your willing, your willingness and your obedienceness. But he always speaks the impossible to us, and he means for us to accomplish everything through Christ, Amen. Not through ourselves, even if it's something that's easily attained by the flesh. He still compels obedience to the Spirit. So this brings it under his dominion, protection, and strength. I can say this about the things that God promises us and gives to us. God is not withholding anything from us because he doesn't want us to have it. He's withholding it because he doesn't want it to have us. When he releases things into our possession he has to make sure that we have the ability to receive it, sustain it, care for it. Because there is a dominion principle that must be obeyed here. When he gave Adam dominion on the earth it, it was through management. And God met with Adam every day and instructed him in how to manage the earth. And so God wants to meet with us every day. So if you're not the type of person that's willing to have continual contact with God, you probably won't be entrusted with much because it's the management of it that God is concerned about. Not just having faith to get it in the door, but faith to care for it, sustain it, uh, improve on it. If God tells you to release it to somebody else, it's got to be in the condition that he wants it to be in before it's released to the hands of somebody. There's a lot to this. And so when God blesses us and talks about us receiving by faith, he has all of those things in mind. He has dominion principles, authority, and responsibility for these blessings in mind as well and so if if all of that is not in place if you don't have the endurance that it takes for instance if if uh, something goes bad with your your house um, you can't sit there and sweat and and go woe is me what am I going to do you've got to have something inside of you that says God gave this to me he's going to take care of it and be and mean it go after whatever it is that needs to be taken care of in that same confidence so so those are the kinds of people god god sees his sons and daughters and raising up so he wants that <clears throat> to be a part of what we do god does compel obedience by the spirit and that brings it under his dominion protection and strength so anything that's born of the spirit of god is god's responsibility but he must work it through your faith and your confidence in him to do these things. And we need to know that God's word will shake everything that's not like it. So oftentimes when it first comes to you as a promise, it will shake you. In Hebrews chapter 12, 
it says whose voice it says see that you refuse not him that speaks so listen to God in other words open your heart to hear him for if they escape not who refused him that spoke on earth much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven whose voice then he's talking we talking they're talking the difference between the old and new covenants the book of hebrews is a uh, an as a um, a book that explains and goes in great detail about every aspect of the difference between the old and new from the the covenants with you know what they're based on to the priesthood it goes through the whole gamut of what the difference is and he says see that you not refuse him whose voice shook then shook the earth but now he has promised saying yet once more I will shake not the earth only but also heaven and this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made and those things which cannot be shaken may remain so the things that are shaken are temporal being made they're of the earth and they're temporal and temporary they're of this present age things that are eternal that's what's going to stand see that's why God sends his word to us it gets inside of us and we hear it and it kind of puts a little fear inside of you and that fear oftentimes is your flesh your your made portion your earth portion of you trembling under the weight of that word and so what trembles is shaken off so that what's eternal may remain and that's how you find out what you really do believe if the word of God comes to you and upsets your life you got some some thinking to do you got some meditating to do you got some accepting of God's word to do we all do sometimes the word will come to you same word you've been meditating on will come to you in a stronger force or a different fashion and it has to be accepted anew and so God's voice does shake those things that are made we are made our flesh is made it's fashioned from the earth and it will shake your flesh to the point where your flesh says well I can't handle this and your spirit man says good this is my job I'll take over you got me so the way the word comes in and works on us is it shakes away the desire of your flesh man to run your life and it allows the strong part of your spirit man to come forth and accept the challenge that that word is bringing to your to your being so if you'll turn to Romans chapter 4 we'll go through this and <clears throat> want to point some things out to you that God, God showed me so if you consider the word what removes is what is not like the word and what and and what remains is the strong part of us and even as brand new christians you'll find that you're stronger by the spirit than you ever that your your best day in the flesh will not compare to your worst day in the spirit you got me and so you'll find that that inner strength is there and and god will test it and he'll show you what it's all about and you'll see the resilience of it you'll if you learn how to enjoy what God enjoys testing your faith won't be such a challenge for you it won't be such a hardship so in 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 verse 1 it says what shall we then say that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh has found so how do we what do we think Abraham got out of this whole thing 
For if Abraham were justified by works, he would have something to glory of, but not before God. So there's something you can, you know, how people boast about uh, what they did and how they did this and all that self-righteousness. But it has, it, you, you don't say it in front of God because he's not impressed, in other words. So what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So what this means is that Abraham entered into what God was doing on his behalf. He didn't initiate anything. He just entered into what God was doing on his behalf. And this represents a turning point. In everybody's life. This was a turning point for Abraham. And it's a turning point for us. Once we enter into what God is doing for us. It it puts us on a whole different course. Abraham went from works. That is self-righteousness. To faith. And that is having confidence in the righteousness of God. See in order to believe God. We have to believe that he's righteous. You've got to believe he's not playing with you. You've got to believe he's not just talking. That promises are, are God's bond of, of an assurance that, that he will perform what he says. You have to believe that about God. So really the whole quest of works versus faith versus grace and all this kind of stuff has to do more with what you think about God than it has to do with what you think about anybody else than anything else so there's a factor here of building confidence in God that has to be taken to account and probably is the overriding factor in all of this because if you look at any of the patriarchs in the Bible, they all had ups, downs, sin, didn't sin. So that in itself is not the deciding factor in your life. It never is because it's temporal and temporary and what's eternal is the deciding factor. That's how people can go through life uh you know, uh, uh, sinning and raising hell, and then at the end of their lives, have a total change of mind and heart, and God can come in and impart righteousness to them. And everything they've done their whole life that was 100% no good is forgiven, nailed to the cross, and God will receive them. Look at the thief on the cross. If you don't believe in a deathbed conversion, you, that's not real. You see what I'm saying? And so it has everything to do. With what you know about God's character and what you're willing to allow yourself to believe about God. Then it has to do almost with anything that you do except refusing to believe. You refuse to believe that's on you. That's your biggest sin. But if you believe you must believe in the righteousness of God. You got to believe in in his right standing before himself. That he cannot lie. And that once he tells you something and it is totally believed by you, then it will definitely come to pass. Not because of you believing and working hard to hang on to your faith, but because of his character to come for his faith that's in you. See, and so we must believe that in the in the end, it's all, and that's the turning point in everybody's life. People will say, "Well, I don't really trust God. I don't really know God." You can. 
So let's get on the stick here. Why are you satisfied with not knowing the truth about God? And what are you what are you holding on to for your eternal salvation if you don't know that you can trust him? You'll be able to trust him then too. And so when we are in faith, we are trusting God's righteousness. We're trusting in his righteousness. And we go from wavering and staggering which is self-righteousness to confidence in him who is promised. Amen. So we have the promise and confidence in him. Not in what he says so much but in his ability and character to bring it to pass. Because if you look at the magnitude of the problem, the promise, you will stagger. But if you look at the one who has said it and forget almost about what he said (laughs) you understand what I'm saying then you'll see the weight of responsibility for bringing that to pass is on the one who can bear the weight it's not on you so Abraham trusted God to get him right instead of trying to be right on his own see we've got to trust God to get us right get us in position so we can believe instead of trying to be right on our own your righteousness must be there you can't just say I'm receiving from God and live any kind of way now come on now that's not right it's not right so Ishmael is a result of Abraham trying to be right on his own God told me I'm going to have a son and oh Lord it's taking too long what's the problem he didn't really he wavered under the weight of the promise which brought forth Ishmael. See Abraham was almost too old when Ishmael was born. Sarah was never able to conceive. So Abraham uh, Abram takes a promise from God. And staggers under the weight of his ability to bring it to pass. We all do. It's like <clears throat> you've seen those uh, weightlifters, the The ones that clean and jerk weightlifting where they have to pull it up from the ground and put it up and then brace it and hoist it and some of them are able to brace their legs and straighten them out and hold it for a certain period of time and then they've cleaned it and and they can drop it and move on well the way that we we live our lives in the flesh as believers is we'll get a promise from God and try to hoist it up on our own power in the flesh our own works and then our feet will waver and will stagger and we drop it and we say well what did I do wrong that it hasn't happened yet and what do I need to do now that I said how am I going to get this that's staggering that's the confession of a person who staggers because they are not trusting God's righteousness upon which that promise is held steady. It's held confident. And you'll know the difference because you you live your life like that for a season trying to make it happen. And wondering it's taking too long. And then you'll do what Abraham did. You'll enter in to a a situation that God has created for you and you're at peace and you don't worry about how long it's taking anymore. Sometimes you do it just to preserve your own sanity. Because you know if I keep worrying about this I'm going to lose my mind. So I'm going to have to let it go 
Huh? You just tried to, to, to clear it and you're, you wavered and you dropped it but you didn't hold it for the length of time that it needed to be held. See? It's got to be held in strength and confidence. It can't be dropped because if we drop it just like the person who drops the, the barbells and, and, and the, the weights, then we'll never pass that test of faith. See, you don't clear it and you don't clean it and you don't have it up there for that length of time and you drop it before the required period of time set by the judges that prove that you can handle it, you'll never receive it. You won't get the points. You won't get the prize. So Abraham, when he saw that he had not pleased God with Ishmael. So when you don't please God, you know it. He lets you know it. It didn't seem like it was what God wanted. He was living with it. and it, But you know, part of you is waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, you kind of know when something's not quite right. And so Abraham then, when he recognized his error, then trusted God to make him right instead of trying to be right himself. You may have to sit for a while not doing anything. You know little busy people. That's the hardest thing in the world for them to do. Religious people. It's the hardest thing in the world for them to do. You know people come in and, and uh, you know they'll pray and do the prayers and it's all new to them. And they'll just see, be looking around trying to find what else to do. You know you can tell that little restless wandering spirit that works thing that gets on people. Instead of having peace that you've done what's required by God. Now all you have to do is wait for his righteousness to take over and bring it to pass. You got me? So you've, you've done your obedience. You've done what's required to demonstrate your faith in him to him and then what you have to do is trust that he will come for that faith and he will honor your faith and just wait on him to do what he wants to do in that situation you can see God's not in a hurry he picked Abram out when he was already too old and his wife as well in a history of barrenness I mean (laughs) is anything too hard for God yeah <laughs> is what you think. But then if you'll enter into his righteousness, you'll find out it's not. See, on the outside looking in, it looks impossible. And it's easy to stagger under the weight of trying to accomplish something yourself that God can only do if you trust in his righteousness. It's hard to do that. So he trusted God to get him right instead of trying to be right on his own. It's a big difference, folks. Big difference. That'll make the difference between your joy in something, your staggering, your standing strong, your quitting, your wavering, your doubting. That'll make a big difference. If you can trust Him to make you right and keep your hands off of what He promised you, trying to do it yourself, trying to please Him. Look at me, God. Look at what I'm doing today. Look at me, God. Look at Him. So Ishmael represented him trying to be right on his own. In verse 4. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned to grace but of debt. The harder you work the more you stagger. The harder you work the more you stagger. 
The work of weightlifting has to be done where? In the secret place. In your personal time with your trainer. Eat the right foods. Do the right exercises that strengthen the auxiliary muscles that you're going to need to be able to jerk that clean and hold it for the testing time for the time the judges say you got to hold it in order to get your points and so you'll have to be able to be developed in your inner man to be strengthened with might by the spirit in your inner man which means when everybody else is channel surfing you're reading the word when everybody else is looking for ways not to pray you volunteer to take on another prayer partner you got me and so when you see what it takes in the secret place to accomplish it you'll see hmm God must want me to be available to him all the time he must really be serious about coming in and changing my life forever he must be serious about being number one in my life if my trust in him is to grow. See? See, all of this, this in this is not work, folks. You're feeding your spirit on the word of God is not works. Just like the bodybuilder's exercise routine is not works. Because it's counting to him for something he needs to be able to meet the test of that that jerk that clean and jerk when he gets in that arena. And see everybody will be there. All the people that have want to see a great feat will be observing. Just like we have a cloud of witnesses observing what we do down here on this earth. And they are witnesses that live their lives by faith. And they're wanting, they're cheering us on to tell us you can do this. We did this with less knowledge of God than you have. So you can definitely do this. So it says here, but to him that works, works, the reward is not reckoned of grace but of debt. So you got to work harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And you'll never get there. You'll never work your way into God's good graces. So you might as well just lay it down and say I'm not ready on this level. I've got to put my trust in something else other than my own ability. And for people who are steeped in works it gets tempting to pick it back up again and try to work it on your own. But you can lay it down and you can patiently endure see because sometimes it's patiently enduring your own rebuke of yourself to keep your hands off of what God's promised you until it's delivered to you amen and so when we understand what we're doing when we're building when you're sowing seeds toward a better job when you're sowing seed toward your house or whatever it is that you desire from God you've got to continue that as a lifestyle you just can't start and stop and see God's watching the starters and the stoppers because if you're doing something by faith why wouldn't it continue throughout your life if you're just doing works you're just trying to see if God's going to give you something if you do something long enough and God wants you to do it as a lifestyle I give a lot more now than I ever gave in my life you understand why because it's now a lifestyle and a habit And I've got to press more spiritual weight than I ever did before in order to live the life that God wants me to live. And so he expects us to increase our ability to press spiritually speaking so that we can do more for him. Billy Graham has a lot more influence now than he ever had in his working life. 
You know why? Because instead of him having to go to the people, now they come to him. They recognize the gold in the earthen vessel. And now the same thing with Will Roberts. When he got older, the men of God came to him. He didn't have to work hard and put on meetings and spend money and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because there was so much value in the vessel now because of what he had pressed spiritually. The weight he carried in the spirit made him a lot more valuable. So he says to him that works not but believes on him that justifies the ungodly. When we've been justified by faith in what Jesus Christ did for us. His faith is counted for righteousness. So keep your faith plugged into God. And God's righteousness will hold up any any task you have to do for him and you'll be you won't stagger. Your legs will hold. You'll be able to press that without a problem. But if you ever drop that and get back into your own ability again, you won't be able to to press it. It's easy to do. People pray and get a blessing from God. Say for instance, you you get a new job and you you receive it by faith. But then you get so excited about it the first day of the job you go in in the flesh. You notice everything. You get insecure. You, your boss doesn't sound right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's easy to step out of faith over into the flesh. All you got to do is have one day, of, one long arm of patting yourself on the back too long. Huh? And you're back over into works again. Because you're boasting in yourself instead of in God. It's a discipline you have to get into as a Christian to give God glory in all things and to understand that God is the one who is upholding you. That you need to step back into a a situation that God has already prepared for you. You can't prepare this yourself. It's pre-prepared for you by God. So you have to trust in his goodness. You gotta say, God gave this to me, and it's right, and it's good, and I can't dispute that. He gave it to me, and it's gonna work out okay for me if I hold on to it, and I don't let the enemy steal it from me because I'm having problems with it right now. You got me? And he will perfect those things that concern us. So the righteousness of God takes on a different, different, uh, flavor when you're tempted to question it see we're, we're, when things go wrong with the things that we have in our lives we're not really doubting we're doubting God's righteousness did he is he if it's bad don't discard it if he gave it to you believe him to perfect it you see you don't cast it aside because it's got problems for you See, this is this is a different form of works where we pull it out from under God's authority because it's not pleasing us anymore. See? And so if it starts giving us problems, we have to even more believe in the righteousness of God. He put it in my life and he's a good God still. Even though it's giving me problems or it's not what I expected to be. He's put it in my life and he's God still and he will work it out for me. You got me? And so we need to learn to hold on to what God gives us. So 
But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So as long as you're holding on to faith in God, you're a justified person. You got me? Your justification is held by your faith in him on a regular basis. See a lot of people had faith in God when they confessed Christ. But when they met up with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that left. You got me? You have to continue in his word. And he says if you do that you're my disciples indeed and truth will preserve you. You'll run into greater truth and greater truth as you walk with me. So this has to be a dynamic situation that as it's tested on a day to day basis you continue to invest more faith in God. And you continue oh this isn't looking right but I've got to put more faith in the righteous God that justifies me through my faith in him. See if it's never tested anybody can believe to go to heaven and not do anything for God in between. But that faith when it gets tested are you still investing it in a greater fashion in God or are you not? Gamblers have more confidence sometimes than believers. You know a gambler can can be on a losing streak on the the craps table and he'll say hmm. Well I'm, I'm going to have to shoot it all on this one. And they'll double down on everything. Say if I'm going to win. If I got confidence in my luck. I'm, I got to show it now. Because I can't leave this table a loser. Amen. After you had faith in God. And it's tested. Do you walk off from it. And count yourself a loser. Or do you double down on your faith. Amen. I got more confidence in God now. Huh? The devil's trying to steal it. I steal this from me. He'll steal everything. If I let him move and let me waver and start staggering. Huh? So I gotta get I gotta get more confidence in God now. I've got to put more investment in him. I gotta double down on my giving. I gotta double down on my seed sowing. I gotta double down on everything because it's threatened to be taken away from me. You got me? And that's how you keep from staggering. Because there are many half wavering Christians out here that don't believe in testing. They just believe in grace. You know they don't believe that that you you don't have a clue what's inside you. You didn't make you. You didn't make your insides. You don't know what your future is. All you're doing is trying to hold on from day to day. And it's not covered that way. But when the devil starts knocking on the door what do you do? Do you get more ambushments? From the one you you believe in or do you start to waver and you start to stagger. So you can't be with the you can't be with the staggerers folks. If you're a stagger not you double down on the the faith in God's righteousness. It says in verse 6 even as David also describes the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works. So David knew about this and this is what he said. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Come at this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. 
How then was it reckoned when he was in circumcision or when he was in not in circumcision but uncircumcision? So faith overrides the law which came after Abraham's covenant. So really Abraham started in faith, a faith covenant with God, and the law just began the that faith opened up God's wisdom to teach us right from wrong. There was nothing in that faith that was helping us except that as long as he stayed close to God, he was fine. You have to understand then that his children had to be taught how to stay close to God. So God begins to expand a man's knowledge of right from wrong. And that's where the law came from. And so, but they had to obey the law by faith. You had to have confidence <laughs> that when you went and took that offering that you were righteous again. You had to believe that. You see what I'm saying? And your sin was removed. So David confirms that there is a state of blessedness that comes as a free gift of God. He confirms that. And he knew what it was, what it was like to be on the ins and the outs of God. And who's trying to cover your own sin. Remember with Bathsheba. He tried and tried and tried to cover his own sin. He couldn't do it. And then God sent Nathan a gift. To bring David to repentance. So that he could confess his sin and ask God's forgiveness. And God received that offering, that sacrifice. And David said, man this is a blessing. This is a blessing to be out of works, trying to cover my own sin and atone for my own bad decisions, my own ungodliness, my own unrighteousness. I was staggering under the weight of that. But now I'm blessed because I'm not staggering anymore. I've let God have it and he's carrying the burden for me. So in verse 11. He says, how then was it reckoned when he was in circumcision or uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. It was before any works. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness. So circumcision in itself was nothing. It was just a sign that God had sealed him in righteousness. And he says, of the faith in the seal of righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised that he might be the father of all them that believe though they be not circumcised that righteousness might be imputed to them also and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only but those who walk in the steps of faith of our father Abraham which he had being yet uncircumcised so faith always overtakes the law that's why you don't waste your time trying to find out what you did wrong or how they how you open the door you just confess and repent and say God I'm sorry and you get right back in righteousness and you're on your way again I know a lot of people don't like that sometimes but that's really how it works well when am I forgiven when you confess hello want to confess oh, okay <laughs> you know sometimes you'll have people at the altar and they'll say well I did this I said well you just need to repent and tell God you're sorry and they said right here this is where you want to bathroom ceiling whatever whatever and immediately after they confess the power of God the Holy Spirit witnesses righteousness again go on sin no more 
You know, come back, you mess up, whatever. But you keep going on in God. That's imputed righteousness. You stepped out of it. Your confession and repentance steps you back in again. The Bible says put on righteousness. Like a garment. What do I do? You got to take off what you've got. You got me? So put off works and start operating in the faith and confidence in the righteousness of God. So circumcision was a sign of faith that was already imputed. It was just a sign. It is not a substitute for faith. This is where error occurs. Because the weight of the impossible promise cannot be supported by the weakness of the flesh. Therefore we stagger. Like the weightlifter who has met his limit. We stagger under the weight of the impossibility of carrying out the promise of God through our own works. So righteousness always holds more weight than the law. Righteousness by faith always supports more weight than the law. When you're under trying to do it yourself, be good enough yourself, sow enough seed yourself, just on your own. Now if you're doing this and being led by your faith, because James says that I'll show you my faith by my works of righteousness that my faith has led me to do. So there must be a corresponding action to your faith or it's dead being alone. The thing you have to decide is are you including God in it? Are you depending on God to lead you? Or did you get nervous and jump up and try to do something to make it look like you believe God? And you're staggering. So you tell on yourself by how long you're able to hold it up. Because people who are doing it by works get to the point where they can't hold it up. And they either angry at God angry at people who can do it or they just say I don't want that anymore or God gave me something better and I'm trying I'm doing you got me so they start to get in that sing song and dance about they've got a different way of getting the same thing but they're not they they're not in it the right way they're just not in it they don't understand the power of the converted soul and meditating and trusting God work hard to be able to trust him labor in your your ability to trust God that's your labor you got me and so if you'll spend your time in that enriching that that strengthening your personal trainer strengthening your faith that kind of thing then you'll be able to press it carry it jerk it clean it and park it in your driveway put it in your bank account whatever you want to do with it you'll be able to carry the weight of that because you're depending upon God's righteousness you're entering in to a faith that God has provided for you. I've seen sometimes weightlifters, you know, they'll they'll when they start when they're in training, you know, they have a a a, a trainer or a person who will spot them when they're training in the gym. And many times those trainers instead of having them jerk it from the from the floor up, they'll give them a little boost. They'll both hold it on one shoulder and just place it 
in their hands so that they can see if they did get it up there if they they could support it are they they're testing their muscle strength in their legs and their arms and torso to see if they can hold it up well that's God's righteousness he's with you there all the time holding that promise in your spirit so that you carry it to the end result and you receive the promise of God through faith and you stagger not because he's upholding you with the right hand of his righteousness not yours so you'll stagger not if you hold on to it that way you won't be those people that faint you won't be those people who quit you won't be those people who get discouraged by the weight of everything I got to do for God and I got to do you ain't got to do nothing you missed the boat totally because you never believed in his righteousness you never you never got your identity straight it's usually the problem with believers they carry all this old identity with them you know i was looking through my wallet for some reason i quit throwing away old driver's licenses somebody you know you have to turn them in usually somehow they never collected this and I got this old driver's license from when I was in college and I keep looking back I said I don't believe I'm that same person look at that skin man look at that and that's what we do many times don't we we're always looking back at what we used to look like and how we used to see it's good and bad when you look back you just start thinking sometimes about all the fun you had when you was kicking it out there with your your homies and all this and then all of a sudden you start feeling like that old sinner out there so you hurt yourself looking back never look back you're always looking forward you're looking at the image of Christ you're being conformed to the image of Christ you can't look back on those things so Abraham becomes the father of the circumcision and uncircumcision and he brings together both in Christ as a new man that's why the Jew can receive Jesus just like the Gentile can so in verse 13 for the promise that he should be heir of the world that's us it's not just Abraham we're his descendants by faith we're heirs of the world I tell Christians all the time I say we are the final heirs of everything that's in this earth so why don't you collect some of your inheritance now he says the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law but for, through the righteousness of faith. So you're really a seed of Abraham if you believe like he believed. Not do the works. For if they which are of the law be heirs, then the faith is made void. See? You, got, you can't have both valid at the same time. Remember he kicked Ishmael out? He said the son of the, the bondwoman will not inherit with the son of the free so you got to have one as the firstborn and the one entitled well who's the firstborn of many brethren Jesus when you're in Christ you're the real heir outside of that you're not so inheritance then is by faith which makes it open to all the law is given to natural heirs as a sign of supernatural faith See, it's a holding. The law was given to hold us under God until the reality came. Law is something that teaches you right from wrong. 
That's why you got people kicking prayer out of schools. They don't want their children being taught about God and the Bible, but yet they want them to obey. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. So you've got to come under some kind of schoolmaster that teaches you don't spit on your friend. Don't kick anybody. Don't steal the money out of the you know little bank that they give you to, to do at school. You know that kind of stuff. You must have that to train the mind of your natural man how to come under the authority of Christ. Because if you're taught right from wrong long enough, one day you'll say to yourself, you know, I try to do this, but I can't do it. And the thing that I don't want to do, I wind up doing. That sound familiar? Yeah. So if I walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh, that takes care of everything. Christ, if you come into me and, and help me to do this and, and hold my keep my legs from staggering under the weight of what I have to do in my life, then I'll be fine. And so our inheritance then is through faith, which makes it open to everybody. The natural heirs staggered at the weight of every promise that Jesus fulfilled. That's why they had to kill him. Because when you stagger at something that you think you're supposed to have mastery over, you've got to find a way to cheat. Hurry. Now come on folks. This ain't new. Look at the athletes that are in trouble for the steroid abuse. So as the, the, the records keep getting higher and higher and they want to break them. If they don't know how to gain mastery in that area. They got to find a way to cheat in order to get control and mastery over it. And that's what the Pharisees wanted to do. They staggered under the weight of God's promises. When Jesus performed a miracle, they questioned everything. How'd that happen? What'd you do? Didn't that happen to us when we stagger? What did I do wrong? Why is it taking so long? I must have done something I wasn't supposed to. Maybe I didn't hear from God to begin with. Maybe he doesn't want to bless me. Maybe he... See? That's staggering. So when you get something from God and you start questioning... It's like the Pharisees did Jesus. Is that man a sinner or not? I think he's a sinner. How can he do miracles? He eats with he eats with sin. You know, how can you how can you uh, don't you fast before you do a healing school? And I tell people, I say, you know, I used to, but then faith took over. Now, if I need to fast to increase my faith, if God tells me to do that, I'll willingly do that because He'll help me with that. See, I can't even take credit for that. Because if I put a hamburger down and I ain't had nothing all day, it's got to be God. Amen. I controlled my weight by works all my life, all my young life. I did that by works. When I got saved, I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> but natural heirs always stagger at the weight of the promise. Always trying to please daddy. Works. Why do I do to please daddy? How do I? Natural heirs. They never know what they get until daddy's dead and the, the will is read. But we by faith. We take him at his word. And we receive the promises in the now. We don't have to wait for anything. We can receive it by faith. Because he's faithful who promised.
<clears throat> so when he did miracles, the children of, of promise or the, the natural heirs staggered at that. Wondered how he did it. And this is the mindset of the staggerer. He tries to figure out with his brain and relies on his ancestry to account for something for him. I'm Catholic. I'm Protestant. I'm <laughs> Instead of having faith in God. Having a relationship of faith in God. So when you come to these people and you offer them a relationship of faith in God. They're offended. Because they think they're right. They think works is normal. You, what do I have to do to, to prove to God that he, you got me? So you start taking your the toys away from the religious and they'll fight you for them. Because they would much rather stagger on the weight of the promise and lie about it than to drop it and be honest and say I can't carry this. If you say there's a better way I want it because I've tried this all my life and I can't do it. Show me the better way. It takes humility to do that. So when you stagger you make faith useless. Mm-hmm. Faith goes out the window and you spend your life wondering what to do and what you did wrong. It just works. The promises are based on God's decision to put everything together for us. He puts it all together and we jump into the pool where he is and everything's wonderful. And he shows us the first step to take when it's time to come out. So we don't waver and we don't stagger. We just step into him and what he has for us. So all the needed elements are supplied by God. You don't need to supply anything yourself except confidence in him. So we enter into the process of God power when we believe. Staggerers see their life with God as some type of contract. With many clauses and loopholes. So when we're trying to receive on this basis, we continue to search for clauses to cover ourselves in case we fail. Hmm? We do. Well, you know, um, I'm not working on that right now. Well, you used to be all excited about it. What happened? Huh? I'm not. You know, it's not time for that. It's not the season. <laughs> so we blame it on. We start to find things to blame. On why we don't have what God promised us yet. Hmm? Blame it on your upbringing. Blame it on difficulties. You know I'm a, I'm a victim here. I've just had some very difficult things happen to me and they weren't fair. Getting the self pity. Decide you can't do it and you drop it you stagger. Huh? People try to help you when they see you staggering. You know, God will alert the saints to, you know, this person's losing heart. They're not as zealous as, you know, you're staggering. When you're not really in there uh, with both feet and standing flat-footed and firm and holding it up, you're staggering. And so you try try to help somebody who's staggering. You better come with God's word. But if you come with more works. You're going to fall under the weight of it too. Because two people in works will not carry it through. You've got to be in faith. You've got to come to them with a word of knowledge from God. That will help them to hold on to what he's given them. So verse 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs. Faith is made void and the promise of none effect. Hmm? 
You want to void out the works because faith will hold up what God's given you. Because the law works wrath for where no law is there's no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end that the promise might be made sure to all the seed. So when you believe that faith is available to everybody. If you're just depending upon works or you're depending upon heritage or something like that. It's limited to a few people. And so that's what the religious like. They want things to be limited to just them and their denomination. And they feel like they have a corner on things. So don't fall into that trap. And it says here. That the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to that which is of the law, but that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they are. So when God gives you a promise, it is a given. It is not a maybe. It is a certainty. It is not a conditional. It is a a real thing that you grab on by faith and then you continue in faith and you walk into it. It's the way he operates. And he says who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith he considered not his what? Mm-hmm. The wavering knees. When you try to lift it up. You can't consider that. You consider not your own body. Because you know it's weak. You consider not what you think you might have done wrong. Because you got to wait for God to do some. You consider not those things. You just don't. See stagger not. Consider not. That's how you keep from staggering. Because when you're up there and you've got, you, when you weightlifters, you will find are very focused people. They notice everything about their bodies. How it feels when they have a good grip on it. They start first off with the grip. And you'll see them get chalk on their hands and they'll pace around and they'll flex and they'll stretch until they feel they're ready. And if they pick it up and they it only can, you know it'll go up so high and they get a couple of attempts to make sure their grip is right. If that grip isn't right, they put it right back down again. So they're focused people and they focus on what they're doing so they make sure that when they get that that weight up over their heads then they'll be able to stand it and they won't waver if they if even if they pick it up and go too far up and too far over they know it's going to give them problems and that's the way God has us. In the school of faith. That he is testing us. He's letting us get a grip on it. And see how it feels. And we don't feel like we got a right grip on it. And did I hear God right? And God I I go back to him and I heard him right. And you keep feeding yourself righteousness. You keep feeding yourself the word. You keep increasing your ability to stand strong under the weight of the promise by faith. Not by works. People who can't get their bodies healed supernaturally will start to drift off. I wonder what else it takes beside believing God to get a miracle. That's where you go wrong. 
Because they'll have you spend all your money on vitamins and food preparations and all kinds of stuff. To help God when all you need to do is if you don't have it yet go back and get some more of what you fed on to get that promise from God. And that's faith in his promises and his righteousness that comes through his word. So when you stagger you make faith useless. Faith goes out the window and you spend your time wondering what to do and what you did wrong. It works. You start to blame it. When it's, this is when you're quitting. Not going back again. See faith always goes back again for a retry. Faith doesn't quit. Faith says well I didn't get it at this. My credit wasn't good enough at this car place to get my car that I want. I'm going to go to another one because God's going to meet me there. See you didn't have enough confidence in God's righteousness to give it to you to get it the first time. But you don't quit. You don't take some man's word for something God promised you you blame your circumstances I'm just a victim you start feeling sorry for you I just can't do it I I, I just can't believe like you believe in faith any, any contract you think you have for works has been nailed to the cross it doesn't exist anymore faith nails it to the cross so now you're stuck. You can't do works anymore. So you got to believe God. So God is now personally involved in your life. And he writes things on your heart that you do by faith that are totally doable. See in works you run out of things to do. To prove that, that you got it. But in faith God gives you doable things anybody can love your neighbor as yourself you don't stagger under the weight of that unless you just really totally missed it but loving your neighbor as yourself means to look at that person like you look at yourself (laughs) you know I have my good days I have my bad days I just probably caught them on a bad day forgive people you get offended you just say Lord I forgive them and and, and God wipes it clean and love starts to pour forth out of your heart again and it's not fake and it's not put on and you're not putting up with people to please God that's works but it's genuine it's the love of Christ that has no beginning no end no limit you can't stretch it too far and you don't get tired of shedding it out to people that's the love of Christ. So God just asks you to get out of the way and let that love flow through you. That's doable. That's doable. That's doable even for a Baptist. You know they, they believe in the Bethany experience. Where Jesus said whoever sins you forgive they're forgiven. Whoever you retain they're retained. So they're good on getting people forgive sins. They get people in there and tell you don't take communion if you got ought against somebody. Go to sister so and so and tell her you love her. Y'all ain't been y'all been spatting in here. And you go to sister so and so. Y'all love each other. You take communion. And you feel like God has done something on the inside of you. Because it's genuine now. You got me? So anybody can do this. This is totally doable. You don't have to be speaking in tongues to do this. Fulfilling the law then is doable because this is why you you have a a change of heart and a heart attitude God helps you to love his law 
And you want to please him by doing the things that please God. And that's faith. You have faith to do what God expects you to do. So this is why God changes our heart and our heart attitude. And this releases in us the wealth and the health that God wants us to enjoy while we're here on earth. When you have that heart attitude and you get that righteousness on the inside of you then that releases the kingdom the wealth the health the righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost that releases everything to you so this is the gift of righteousness and we can embrace that gift and then faith becomes ours and we stagger not so when you come into God the only thing you have to do is lay down who you are pick up who he is and operate in it operate in it every day easiest thing in the world is to change an attitude from being uh, mad at God and disappointed in life and all we did that when we got saved we need to do it every day because life happens to everybody every day and you can do those things you can put off the old man you can put on that robe of righteousness and when you wear that you do not stagger you believe God you trust in God's ability and desire to bless your life that's all you have to believe and then the rest is easy if you believe that God's righteousness and he loves you and wants to bless you it's easy to follow somebody who feels that way about you it's easy to want to do your best for somebody who is giving you all that if you believe but if you don't believe you're believing in something that you must do yet to prove to him that he needs to do these things for you and there's a fine line you gotta watch yourself day and night because the enemy will come in there and start planting seeds on the inside of your mind to eat away at your confidence in God and then pretty soon you want something from God and you start to think about having it you try to receive it pick it up and you start staggering under the weight of it because you worked yourself back into works again so Abraham was able to make God um, uh, God was able I'm sorry to make Abraham great when he was a nobody you got me and that's faith see the evidence of your faith in God is that God was able and says here in verse 20 he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief unbelief fosters works you try to pick up a promise of God your knees start knocking together and you have to drop it says but he was strong in faith giving glory to God and became fully persuaded fully persuaded see when you're wavering you're trying to be persuaded you're yet in works but if you'll drop it and say God I can't quite believe that do what Moses did God told him I'm going to do this that and that for you and Moses said huh (laughs) there's a huh in everybody when God promises you something but as you walk in it your legs start to to get supported and you your your back straightens out and you can push your hands over your head it doesn't come overnight when you started Shannon when you started believing God for a business of your own how long ago was that how many absolutely so it, you got to get your defeeble knees 
got to get strengthened. And you got to keep picking it up and seeing if it, well my grip on it isn't real good. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to go get some more from God until my grip gets better on it. And then you can pull it up kind of like waist high. And then finally you can get it over your head and support it. So that when people who we say are famous now call you to do a job, you don't get all oozy goozy geeky running around telling everybody who you work for and lose it. Hmm? But you stay, you keep getting more from God to support it so you do a good quality job. You understand what I'm saying? It takes work of faith, folks, to supplement and strengthen that in you so that you can one day carry it. He he blessed her with little small things to do here and there. He's always blessed her with things to do for the ministry, hasn't he? <laughs> but you but you understand what I'm saying. It takes muscle building faith activities, if I can say that, to get to where you don't waver under the weight of the promise of God. And so as he as you walk with him, you get stronger in it if you continue in faith. Don't leave faith and get into works. So it says here he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform. Not you're able to perform, God's able to perform. That means he's righteous. You trust in his righteousness that he didn't lie and he's not messing with you and he's not going to drop you. Even when you mess up, he doesn't drop you. Got me? So righteousness, his righteousness covers everything. He knew you were weak when he promised it to you. Didn't stop him. Huh? He knows your likes, your dislikes, your habits, your wants, your desires. Didn't stop him. And so he's fully persuaded. That's what faith does to you. And you won't receive it until you're fully persuaded. You can't have any doubts. You can't have any, what if I mess up and what if I can't handle this? That's got to be gone, folks. It's got to be gone. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him but for us also. So what, you're, what God is giving you is not just for you. It's for people that will sh- hear your testimony. For, for what you can lay out. And, and for people who are, are uh, in businesses for you to employ other people. This is your faith is, is carrying that too. So you got to understand that when your faith is tested you have to stop and put things down and, and maybe you ponder a little bit and just have to go back again. God's not doing that because he's unrighteous. He's righteous. That's why he's doing it. He wants you to be capable in your faith to carry what it is that he has laid up for you. It's like giving a, a revolver to a baby. Some of the things saints are screaming for. God didn't give me this yet. And that. Well what you going to do is you going to blow your head off with it. If he doesn't teach you how to handle the gun. And so you know you're, the anointing can do great good and great harm as well. You got me? So we have to understand these things. We can do great good and great harm. You got me? So when, when God <coughs> made Abraham great. When he was a nobody, he's made us great already. He's put promises inside of us that have made us great. When we just were baby Christians, and we know that. So we 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 um understand that when you when you trust God and you have confidence in God that you can trust that he can do big things in your life. You've got to believe that. Righteousness causes us 
to consider not anything in the natural. Natural limitations, weakness, lack of education. Lack of people liking us and, and you know lack of ability and we weren't raised right and all this kind of stuff. It, righteousness causes us not to consider those things. The fewer things you consider the stronger your faith is. When, you're, when you have symptoms in your body what do you consider? You got to learn how to stop that. You got me? You got to learn how to consider not. You'll find if you consider the word of God that the symptoms will subside and you'll have confidence that they won't return anymore. Try it sometimes and get yourself there. But the enemy will jerk you around and keep you running around if you're trying to do it by works. So we know the limitations exist but they're not a factor. You got me? You have weakness. You have limitations. You have drawbacks. You have fears. You have things that you haven't conquered yet. You have things you're scared to try and even look at. These are limitations. Now you know they're there but you know they don't count. None of that counts. Because of his righteousness. Because of what he, he will absorb all of that in his righteousness. Abraham plunged into God's promise and he didn't tiptoe around it he just dove right in and when hope was gone he hoped anyway he said I've already dove into this thing I've already kicked Ishmael out I've got to dive full on into this promise and believe God that he did not lie and cannot lie and that's what you believe. He told me he's going to do it. I'm taking him at his word. And that's all that matters. Is his word and what he told me. Did I hear right or I hear wrong? I'm going to find out in a minute. Because I'm going to ask him to repeat it to me. God repeated that promise to Abram at least three or four times. That's recorded in the Bible. Then he recorded and then he repeated it to all his descendants too. Now I think we heard him and I think he meant what he said. So when hope was gone he came up anyway and he didn't wonder. He quit his wondering and picking his brain to try to find an answer. So all wondering is is trying to think up another work that you think is going to work to schmooze God and tempt him to give you something. Doesn't work that way. He's already said he's going to give it to you. He's keep his word but you got to believe him. You got to show him some faith. And if he says show me again. You got to show him again. And if he says show me again. You got to show him again. And if he says show me again. You got to show him again. Every day you get up is a walk of faith. You're believing God. You're obeying his commandments. You're keeping your word to people. You're doing what you said you were going to do with your money. You're doing what you said you were going to do with your time. You're not breaking your word. You're not trying to hold anything back for yourself. You're giving it all to him. That's faith. Stagger not, consider not. They don't consider weakness. And people say, well, look at what you did yesterday. He said, oh, that don't matter. I repented. I told God I'm sorry. I'm cleansed again. My sins are forgiven. That's all you need to tell people. They try to bring up your faults and your past. Oh, no, my sins are forgiven. I acknowledge that before God. God not talked about that. He knows about that. He knows I'm not proud of it. But it's washed away. It doesn't exist anymore. Why are you picking at it? Where would you get it from? See when we start holding on to others faults. You way over the line then. 
get back in your playground your own playground because you've staggered so much now you staggered over into somebody else's business stop it stagger not consider not weakness in anybody you don't consider it in you you don't consider it in them that thing has a way of backfiring on you so we don't consider weakness we only consider strength we're going after strength bodybuilders when once they understand what they need in fact uh, uh, trainers won't even tell them they're weak they just put them on a building program you know you're weak when you come in here so we put you on a building program that's all God does with us he puts us on a building program I'm building you into people who can trust me anywhere you go whatever faces you whatever comes against you you trust me anyway I'm on a building program with my body I've already taken care of her weakness at the cross she stumbled into it again she knows what to do to get herself back in faith again so get up and get yourself back in faith righteousness and believe me again that's all you do so the building program is for us not to stagger we don't consider weakness we don't consider anything but the promises we won't stagger and the stagger knots lift the promise above their heads on strong legs and hold it until they receive it and can carry it to its final destination amen father why don't we uh, we thank you lord for your ability to give us understanding and confidence we are stagger knots we don't consider our own weakness our brother's weakness we're just on a building program here Lord we build and build and build we turn away from the flesh and the works of the flesh and the works of the law and we lean into what you've already provided for us so that we can receive everything that we you have for us and we thank you for that Lord in Jesus name Amen praise God if anybody needs prayer come on up